In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Our choices either put chains on us or they allow us to soar, and every choice has a consequence. Today, we're going to be talking about releasing the chains that bind you. And we're talking with Chuck Gallagher, who is a business, business executive, author, and speaker, and Jen, a former attorney. They will both be sharing how some of their choices in life led to some pretty severe consequences. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. <laughs> I thought you would know me by now. <laughs> and you're listening to Girlfriend It, a great place to connect and girlfriend it by your life. And here at this show, we are all about helping women and providing a place for them to connect, share their voice, and, and I think we share our voice sometimes too, don't we? I hope we do. Well, <laughs> yesterday, I have to tell you, once again, we always just have crazy weeks, but um, I had a girlfriend that just recently passed away. She was a little younger than I was, and she was battling And cancer. that always rocks your world when you have somebody uh, around your age that, that you know, that loses a battle to cancer or for, for whatever reason that just really stops you in your tracks. Yeah. Well, um, Lynette, her situation, literally three weeks ago, she had a tummy ache and went into the hospital, and from there they um, realized that she had colon cancer and it had already, um, you know, spread into her liver. And when it happens that quickly, I, I've never experienced anything like that where it's just so sudden like that. But uh, yesterday, last night was her funeral. And when you, whenever you're sitting at a funeral, it's very, um, I guess, sobering where you almost see your own mortality and mm-hmm. the choices that you make in life. Mm-hmm. Like if we all would just make you kind of take inventory of your own life as you're sitting there. Yeah. And if you just take a look at what are people going to say? If it's your funeral, what are they going to say about you and the choices that you made in your life? And you realize every single choice adds up to who you are. Well, how are you going to be remembered? And what part of your life and what part of some of the decisions are people going to hold on to and remember? And what, what defines you? And I think that's all you, t- you start, your mind goes there. Because I know many times when you're out of service and you're celebrating somebody's life, you, you put yourself there and go, what about my life would people celebrate? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I know we're going deep so fast, but it's just one of those things, though, because it's about relationships and it's about doing life together and making decisions every day. And, and, uh, and so, you, Well, we did go deep really fast. So when you say about making decisions every day, I, I just have to backtrack because two days ago, as we were working, you thought you had an issue with your car and um, I was going to follow you down to the mechanic so you can um, check out why your brake light wasn't turning off. So 
want you to share a little bit about that scenario, Alicia. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is my husband's out of town. I still haven't shared this with him yet, so I'll share it with, you Hopefully know, he's not thousands of my closest <laughs> friends out there first. It's one of those things, this is one of those things in life that you go, do I really have to, you know, own up to this? And, and this is kind of embarrassing, but yeah, I saw my brake light on and being quite the mechanic that I am mm-hmm. and knowing that my husband, I called him and said, okay, what do I do? And he's like, okay, go take it down to the mechanic because he was busy. And so you follow me. I go down there and watch my brake light. And I remember thinking, okay, I need to check a few things to make sure it's not something obvious. And, and so I thought I kind of did that checklist. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. So I get there, and the guy comes out, and he looks at it, and he goes, you know, have you checked your, your emergency brake? And I go, oh, yeah, you know, that because that, I thought it was like a button down on the side. And so he gets in there, and, and um, sure enough, I have, like, the emergency brake in the middle, you know, of your console. And so he kind of pushes a button, and it goes down. And he goes, why don't you start your car now and see if it comes on? And I knew where this was going right then because he gave me that look, like, you know, like, are you really blonde We've underneath there? We've accomplished the goal. Uh-huh. The brake light is now off. So I turn it on, and sure enough, there's no more light. And miraculously, the light went away, and I had my emergency brake on partway. But see, in my mind, if I had the emergency brake on, you know how sometimes it makes your car not go yes. and you can kind of feel it? Yeah, and that was, would do that, your emergency brake. Yeah, I, was, I was not feeling anything, so I'm thinking I'm okay. So what happened, and I turn around, and you're sitting in the car patiently waiting. So I had inconvenience and had you follow me there, which I'm okay inconveniencing you. That wasn't an issue. (laughs) But the fact is I had these two men staring at me like I knew what they were thinking. And so I looked at them, and I said, we will not tell anybody about this, will we? Because they know my husband. And it's like, this is just between us, and we're going to pretend that I never really drove in here. (laughs) And I'm just going to drive out, and thank you for your time, and it's been great, and we'll just go on. And then I had to come back and tell you, by the way, it was my breakaway. I was relieved that that's all it was, but at the same time you go, why didn't I check that better? (laughs) So anyway, that's one of those decisions on a lighter note that you make. And sometimes we make decisions without really ourselves and really following through to to see, you know, check out all the options before we make a decision. I just jumped in the car and go, my brake light, I have an issue investigating it. So, well, I I have to backtrack even more because that story uh, reminds me of another story several years ago. I think this was like eight or nine years ago. We had a a really, really important meeting and um, it was about five minutes till we were going to begin the meeting and I get a phone call from you saying, Patty, I am not going to be able to make it to this, this meeting. <laughs> this is not making me look good on this show. <laughs> I, am, I am finding such pleasure. I know you are. <laughs> so I said, what's wrong? I thought, oh, no, you know, there's a crisis. What's the tragedy? And you said, I cannot get into my car. And what you were doing is our little beep, beep that unlocks your car. The automatic. The automatic little key blippity, blippity. Well, I couldn't find my set of keys, but I had a spare set that didn't have that on there. So I, in my mind, I can't come. I'm, I'm, I'm isolated. I'm stranded. <laughs> so I, I was soaking it all in and letting this whole thought resonate with me. And I realized, please, can't you just take the key and unlock the door? <laughs> I hadn't done that in years. <laughs> Once again, though, it's the choices that we make. We get so accustomed to the way we do things. We Our thinking gets in one, like one-dimensional sometimes, and we don't think outside of that, so we make decisions based on one dimension without going outside of that. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, that was, yeah, the whole one-dimension thing, I guess. It really makes sense, but you see it. I mean, even right now, you see it in the news with, like, Jesse James and Sandra Bullock, how – 
their choices really can impact not only themselves, but so many people around them. Well, you know, and, and fortunately, like some, the decision we were just talking about with me on a lighter note, it, it wasn't public knowledge until this moment. But um, <laughs> it was, you know, it didn't really affect anybody. It didn't have any serious consequences. It wasn't a topic of discussion. And sometimes our decisions and the choices we make become on display and you know, if you're somebody in the media or somebody high profile like Jesse James, Tiger Woods, it becomes, you know, a scandal that everybody's talking about, you know, in, in their offices and places, and you become a, a topic of conversation. And, and then you become defined for that, and, and rightly so in some cases. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It, it is amazing how so many different choices, and some choices are so insignificant, like, and every day we do make choices. Like, what time are you going to get up in the morning? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you going to have to eat? Yeah, How much like, are you going to eat? Am I going to work out today? I'm, am I going to take the time and really pour into the relationships of the, of the people around me? And, and many days you wake up going, I don't care what I'm going to eat today, or I, I don't care if I'm going to work out. And I really should care about those things a little more. <laughs> I guess that would be called discipline um, when we get into caring about it. But it, it all, every single choice creates who you are. It really does. And, and you, you know, it's interesting because at the end of the day, your day is defined by the choices you made in that day and how you live that day. And so many times we're so oblivious to that, we don't realize that consciously and subconsciously we're constantly making choices that are shaping our day and shaping our lives. So today, how can I change? <laughs> how can I change me today? What di- what are you asking me, me to speak into your life right now? <laughs> This is a golden moment. Oh, Dr. Lisa, share with me what choices I can make that would really enhance me as a human being. Well, let me see. I I think I'll save that one for off the radio. (laughs) I'm sure you have an earful for me. But you know what? It it is interesting because so many times, too, we learn in life um, not only what to do but what not to do by observing and watching. And so many times in life our, our, our decisions and our choices are made by observing and like I said, observing what not to do. I, I know, like, for instance, I remember when my kids were little and raising them, and I would see parents, and, and you still do that, you know, like in public, would scream and yell at their kids and discipline them and, and, and humiliate them. And That's I never, not good? <laughs> no. I don't think so. And I just remember making a decision going, I am never going to do yeah, that to my child. Exactly. I, if, I, if, if they act up, I mean, I will discipline them, but I will pull them aside. I will do it discreetly. I mean, I will discipline them, but I'm not going to make it a public display and humiliate them and treat them with respect. I mean, just things like that because you watch things or you watch somebody do something, you go, no to self, I don't want to do that, or I don't want to be that kind of person. And sometimes you can see yourself even going down a path, and then you go, I don't want to become that person. You know, And that's why it's important to even have other people in your life to speak into your life that can help you make wise decisions, wise choices. Because sometimes we get so caught up in, in the moment and we're not objective with our own life. We need somebody else to speak into our lives and go, have you thought about or in some accountability? Well, that's why it's so important to surround yourself with, with wise people. I mean, to really look and at... Is that why you have me in your that life? Is, <laughs> that's why I have other friends. I, I choose it. Ooh, that took a nasty turn. <laughs> But you have to look around and you see, you see that your friends are always in a crisis. And I mean, sometimes crises happens and, and you do have drama that, that comes around. But if, you're, if you've surrounded yourself with these individuals, you really need to step back and go, am I, I am, am I in the right circle? Well, and am I on a path that I want to be on? 
or am I starting to, you know, kind of spiral down and I'm not even aware that I'm going down a path I don't even want to anticipate? Because, you know, they say sometimes, like somebody, when they take a drink, they don't go, I want to become an alcoholic. But they start making choices that lead to that. And before they know it, they, they have a problem. And it's like, I think so many times it's so subtle. Yeah. And we go down roads. And today we're going to be talking in just a few moments with the gentleman, Chuck. Chuck Gallagher, and he knows firsthand about the power of attitude and the ability to, to turn adversity and challenge into opportunity and success. So and I, I'm, I'm excited to hear his, his perspective and his idea because he's had, he's had some life experiences that he's going to share that he's not allowed to define him. So I think it's going to be good. So stay with us as Chuck joins us next, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a minute. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get ready to get busy with Getting It Done. Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate, but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started, encouraging you to keep going, providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staroshevsky and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staroshevsky, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right. We have Chuck Gallagher on the show, and he knows firsthand about the power of attitude. Uh, Back in 1995... 
Chuck actually had an experience that took place um, that led to 18 months in federal prison. Uh, Chuck, why don't you tell us a little bit about that story? Well, first, great to be on the show, Patty and Lisa. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Let's see, how do I put this? Back in the mid-'80s, I was um, successful in my career as a CPA, tax partner in a firm. I had uh, testified before Congress, written articles, and was teaching in 30 different states. And I was, I guess some people would say I was living the dream. Mm -hmm. The unfortunate thing was I wasn't really sure what the dream was. I... uh, I believe that success was defined by perhaps what you're surrounded by. Your home, your car, your clothes, the shoes, the watch, the all of the, I guess what the young folk today would call bling. Mm-hmm. But everything that seemed material, that quite frankly uh, attracted a lot of other people to you as uh, purported friends. Um, so I really got caught up in the, the, the material side of, of life and... Um, as I say in my seminars, I became overextended and underfunded. Yes. Or I had too <laughs> doggone much debt and couldn't pay my bills. Yeah. And, um, you know, instead of, inst- I was listening to the, the, the earlier part of your show, and instead of making empowering choices and accepting the reality of where I was and the responsibility for how I got there, I sought the easier uh, path out and eventually created what now I think most Americans at least have heard of in the past two years, but I created what's called a Ponzi scheme. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what sent Bernie Madoff to prison for 150 years. I'm not proud of that. Uh, That's that's an an embarrassing fact to have to admit, and and certainly not something that um, was a a pleasant life-defining moment, but it was something that I did. And I have found in looking at myself critically and also observing others that once you begin the road of making choices that are certainly not empowering and lack integrity, it becomes almost easy to continue those because as human beings, we tend to create a bit of an illusion so that we can believe what we're doing is okay when in reality, it's far from that. Mm-hmm. And probably like anybody that makes um, a set of choices, there's always a consequence that that takes place. Many times we don't see the consequence particularly quickly. But in my case, in 1990, the uh, proverbial card was pulled out of this uh, massive house of cards that I had created, and uh, all of that came tumbling down with, as uh, what you say, the ultimate outcome was a sentence into federal prison. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, did you did you have a family at this time, Chuck? Absolutely. I was um, happily married uh, in 1986. My wife and I had our, our first son, and uh, in 1990, our second son. In fact, uh, his birthday happens to be today. We call him a little fool Aww. child since he was born on April Yes, it's <laughs> April Fool's baby. Yeah. Well, tell him happy birthday for us. I will be delighted to. Okay, so you have two boys. I do. And um, how did they take this, that Dad made some choices that ultimately put him where we tell people they're not supposed to go? (laughs) Well, Lisa, Patty, let me put it to you this way. Probably the hardest thing I ever had to do Mm -hmm. was fly home from uh, Boise, Idaho, where I had uh, been doing a presentation, knowing that as I flew across the country, 
when I arrived, I needed to tell my partners in the accounting firm and my wife that I was nothing but a liar and a thief. Mm. And I'll never forget, I mean, it, it, this, is, this is kind of fresh, but I'll never forget walking in in, in November of 1990 and uh, and here I am. I'm you know I'm coming up to the, the the front steps, opening the front door, and I've got a uh, a little four year old son. Of course, the the my youngest son he wasn't out of diapers, he wasn't walking at that point in time. But my four year old comes busting through the house, mm. jumps into my arms. He knew Daddy was going to catch him, and he was so excited to see Daddy come home. Mm. And I would have I would have loved at that moment to just have absorbed every moment of time into that joy and love, unconditional feeling of, of just pleasure that I was receiving, and yet I knew that as I put him down and he was just begging for my attention, that soon thereafter I had to sit my wife down and tell her that um, everything that she really understood about us, our relationship, where we were and so forth, was at least from a financial perspective predicated upon um, a massive series of lies. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is a heavy burden to carry. And were you able to own up to to that, like as, right away, or were you still like, kind of in denial? Like I, I really didn't do this. I it wasn't that bad. Justifying, <laughs> or did you own it? Did you say, oh, I by did that it. point? It, it, by that point, I owned it. And and, and let me let, let me share this with you, and, and and perhaps it will define it a bit better. Literally, the day before is when the card was pulled out of the House of Cards. Um, I was, again, Boise, Idaho. I got a call from one of my partners who said that a client that I had, quote, invested money for, mm. that was really I had stolen money from, but no one knew that but God and myself. Right. But that person had had a change of circumstance and needed their money. And I knew at that moment, without any question, that... I had no access to money. I could not liquidate his investment. Wow. I could not maintain the scheme. It was over. And and that night, I, I and I've heard this many times before. I don't know who coined it, but it was certainly my dark night of the soul. And I considered suicide, but I, I, number one, I'm a chicken. I'm a, I'm a guy. Okay, this is girlfriend, and I'm a guy. We have <laughs> pain. let's just be, you know put the cards on the table. So I couldn't figure out you know how to off myself that wasn't painful. That was a bit of a challenge and. But all that to the side, I, um, I, I started calling a psychologist, psychiatrist, whomever. I just wanted to talk to somebody, and most of the time I was getting answering machines. But long story short, on the eighth call, I got a, a fella who, um, when I identified myself and said I needed to talk, told me that, in fact, the office was closed. He was supposed to meet his wife. He thought that was his wife calling, and just leave a message, and he'd get back tomorrow. And I told mm-hmm. him then I was considering suicide. Wow. And he said, let's talk. And Lisa, Patty, don't have a clue who he was. I don't have a clue how long we talked, but there is something that he said, and I can hear his voice in my head now many, many, 25 years later. But he said this to me. He said, son, you have made a terrible mistake, but you are not a mistake. That is profound. And that's what you needed to hear at that moment. Oh, it was. It was like, you know... Angelic. I don't know where it came from, don't know who he was. He could have been the janitor. I don't know. <laughs> but he then said, the choices that you make now will define your life in the future and the legacy you leave for your two sons. Wow. Make those choices wisely. 
Hmm. So it wasn't a peaceful night's sleep, but I survived the night and flew home the next day. And so to answer your question, probably in a bit of a long way, I took responsibility immediately. There, there was no purpose in sitting there trying to play the victim that it was really somebody else's fault. I did what I did, and for whatever reason, I admitted it and just let the cards fall on the table because anything else would have been uh, nothing more than perpetuating a lie, and it almost was a relieving position to be in to say, here's what I did, here's where we are at this moment. Well, and you know, Chuck, that is such a huge thing because... So many people still live in denial and won't take responsibility for their actions. And the fact that you were, you know, it's like, okay, I surrender. I, I made some mistakes here. I need to make this right. And, and I like, you, you made a, um, you said something earlier. You said you looked at yourself critically. I think that's, that's such a significant statement because so many people, when they do mess up, make a, you know, make a, a terrible choice and, and the consequences staring at their face, they want to justify it. They want to separate themselves and say, I, it's, you know, it, it's somebody else's fault it's, I'm, or I'm a victim of my circumstances, whatever, instead of looking at themselves critically to start the healing and start making, making it right. And, you know, we commend you for that, even going, I need, to, I need to own up to this and I need to, you know, move forward now. And I think it is so easy, and whoever that person you said that showed up and said, you know, you're not defined by that, but we have a friend that uh, when we first met her, she kept saying, um, I'm a felon. I'm a felon. I spent time in prison. I'm a felon. And finally, you know, just had to say, okay, you have a felony, but that doesn't mean you're a felon. Right. And there's a huge difference there. It's like what you're saying. And, and that allows you to move past the situation and past that, that consequence to go, there is life beyond that. I think that's what's encouraging about your story. It didn't stop and end there, and it didn't define you. Well, that, that's correct. And, and all too often, like what you've just said, I, 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 I talk to so many people, and they start defining themselves by a past choice, uh, or they have this tendency to point fingers at other people and... and Man, I tell you what, I guess that's a button for me, but when I start hearing that, it, it, it just, like, look, you know, you can play victim all day long. The reality is there is a choice that you made somewhere that helped get you to this moment. Make different choices. Exactly. You know what, Chuck, we only have, like, about 45 seconds in the next segment, and so when we come back, what we like to talk, we've been talking about these choices and making, you know, some decisions we've made and that are not so good and the consequence of that, but is how do we make wise choices? We know, we know how to make bad ones so many times, and we, we know we find ourselves that. But when we come back, we would love to keep talking with you about even what is your filter that you use in making wise choices, moving forward, and changing the direction of your life. Because obviously you had to make a choice to go, I'm changing the direction. I am no longer going to operate under this premise, and I'm going to do something different. And that's that takes courage and that takes strength to be able to do that. So when we come back, let's talk more about that and see, because I know there's people out there listening going, I don't even know if I know how to make a wise decision. So coming back, let's, we'll keep talking. Oh, 
This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Inspiring women to be true to themselves. Get ready for Tracy Porter Radio on Toginet.com. 2 p.m. Central, Wednesdays, starting November 4th. Tracy Porter, lifestyle, home and fashion designer. Inspiring women from all over the world with their fashionably eclectic goods, savvy tips, style advice, and encouraging spirit. TracyPorter.com is home to her designer products and voice to thousands of women who flock to Tracy's daily blog for a daily dose of pure Tracy. And now she's coming to Toginet. All of Tracy's enchanting goods can be found at TracyPorter.com and her nationally sought-after mail catalog, Tracy Porter. Plus, you can find her here on Toginet. Tracy's awards, appearances, and accolades are too numerous to mention here. So, ladies, you've just got to come to be inspired, too. With Tracy Porter Radio, inspiring women to be true to themselves, to let their passions lead. Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central, starting November 4th, on toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we're back talking about releasing the chains that bind you. And we have Chuck Gallagher, business executive, author, and speaker. And Chuck was just sharing... um, what took place and, and what led him, the choices he made that led him to federal prison. And, Chuck, I want to go back a little bit. Um, you said you made a phone call um, just in that dark, dark spot, spiraling even worse, and you talked to basically a, a stranger on the phone that gave you some advice. And so many times we have people that surround us in our life, but yet we don't have that person that can really breathe into us, that we can just, hey, this is what's going on. I made some stupid decisions here and and help me out. And you hear that over and over again that we need to go to a therapist or we need to go to a total stranger and just talk about it because we don't know how to be genuine and authentic with with others. And so how can you help us out with that? Because we're all about girlfriendifying your life and surrounding yourself with those people that can breathe into you. Well, I I guess in one sense of the word, when you get to – when you get to the bottom, when you find that everything that you have done, it really isn't working. Mm-hmm. When, when there's a place that you, you come to that you recognize that you can justify, rationalize, and try to figure out whatever it is you want to figure out, and nothing is working, at, for some people at least, it takes that to be willing to release all of the illusions that you create about yourself. I, I took 23 steps into federal prison, I mean physical steps. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end of my book, I have 23 steps that I use that talks about 
how do you really empower yourself? And one of them I, I've labeled mirror, mirror on the wall. And that's just getting to get real about who you are and what you've done. We can be imprisoned by a multitude of choices. Mm-hmm. It isn't physically bars and chains that define what prison may be for Absolutely. us. So, so often it's the, the first step is being willing to accept the fact what I'm doing ain't working. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, now I've, I've talked with lots of people all around the country, and, and most of the time when someone gets to the place where they really are willing to release, I am not in control. What I've done is wrong. It's not working. Many times then the teacher appears. Mm. And that teacher, like in my case, that was a momentary blip. Right. It was quick, over, no clue who it was, but yet 25 years later I can hear that man's voice in my head. It was that powerful a message. Mm. I could have chosen to ignore the message and maintain the illusion, but by that point I was ready to let the illusion go because it wasn't working for me. And don't you find when people do still hold on to that illusion, they do not want to let that go, and they will drag that out. Absolutely, and it keeps compounding the issue. Compound—I like that word, compounding the issue. That's absolutely correct. As long as you maintain the illusion, I say to a lot of people when when you do something wrong, typically there's three things that take place. There's one need. In my case, it was a need for money, but that need goes in a multitude of ways, which can include emotional. It doesn't necessarily mean physical. Opportunity, somehow I can I can make a choice that's going to purportedly satisfy that need. That might be emotional overeating, for example, whatever. But the last one is rationalization, and that's probably the most powerful because that key is when we start in our heads to believe that what we're doing actually is working when, in fact, it's having quite the opposite effect. Mm -hmm. And until you look in the mirror and say, this isn't working, I've got to do something different, you continue to rationalize, and that rationalization will keep your spiral going down instead of up. Well, and so many times when you you make the decision to change and to... Stop doing what you're doing that's not working for you, as you say. It, it changes a lot in you, like even relationships around you. How did you see the relationships in your life, you know, your wife, um, business, you know, associates? How did, how did that affect those relationships? Well, literally, all of them changed. And that's probably the thing that is the most disconcerting to people is your friends will leave you. Uh, at least those who claim to be your friends. Your true friends will be there with you, but your true true friends will also have the uh, fortitude to tell you what you need to hear and not necessarily blow sunshine at you all the time. Right. Mm. Uh, But in my case, all my friends left, business associates left, um, my marriage was strained and eventually failed. Mm. Um, And that is not, uh, by the way, a result so much of her. I was the one that destroyed trust. And whether it is in business, a marriage with your children, whomever, uh, relationships and, and how we truly function as humans is based on trust. And when you break trust, it takes an incredibly strong person to be willing to uh, re-allow that trust to develop. Mm-hmm. And, and in fairness, um, my ex-wife and we have a, a, an excellent relationship as ex-spouses, mm-hmm. um, but she could never quite get to the point of when I came in the door and said something, is it, you know, I put it, is, was it live or was it Memorex? Exactly. Yes. 
Now, did you, did any of your business associates know what you were doing and what you had created here? And um, obviously your wife was oblivious to any of it. So had you let anybody in on this no. scheme? No, no, no one knew. Uh, and it's, it's kind of funny. I say not ha-ha funny, but it is, it is kind of funny. You, you know, you can sit back and look at that and ask yourself the question, how did they not know? Because I lived a, uh, well, for where I lived, a fairly extravagant lifestyle. I had uh, a multitudes of cars that would change every six months, and, and, and all my partners knew what I made. I knew what they made. So a logical question would be, well, how's he able to do that? Mm-hmm. But here's the other side. When you're close to the person, uh, spouse, partner, whatever it happens to be, you tend to almost have blinders on, yep. uh, and you don't you, you don't observe and understand perhaps the, the warning signs that literally are in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay, now going now where you are today, obviously you have changed that and go okay that didn't work. I, I'm going to make better decisions, wise decisions. You've changed your your lifestyle. You've changed you know how you do business. What are some of the things that today you would say would keep you in check as a filter that you would use? Because I know there's there's a lot of people who don't even know how to make a wise decision, a choice. How, what are the steps? What are some things that you would advise me going, either I need to get out of where, where I am and start owning up to and making wise decisions, or I want to make sure I don't make a bad decision that would, you know, I could end up in, in jail. What, what are some things you would say? Well, the first thing that, that immediately comes to mind is, are you willing to be transparent? Mm-hmm. That's great. And, and that, to me, became, and that probably is actually a driving filter. I, it, you, you mentioned someone that said they're a convicted felon. Well, I am a convicted felon. I am not defined by that. Right. But from the time of conviction forward, to, to no one, my current wife and, and children and anybody else, I absolutely will lay on the table who I am, where I have been, and how that has uh, either not served me or served me. For example, mm-hmm. if I went for a job interview, um, there's a pretty good chance at some point someone's going to say, okay, we, we need to do a background check. Well, if I'm three minutes into the interview, I'm going to take control of the interview and say, by the way, do you all have a policy against hiring a convicted felon because I happen to have a felony conviction? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't need to waste their time. And most people are amazed that someone would be that transparent and that forward. And, and by being that transparent, it, 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 it's not going to be used against me. Well, and I have to interrupt you there, Chuck. I even liked how transparent you were when you talked about your ex-wife and you said, you know, I'm not going to put the blame on her. I broke the trust. And that was very transparent, very just authentically saying, I'm going to claim it here. And you can't keep moving forward when you break that trust with people. So um, I already like you already. <laughs> <laughs> well, gee, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I accept, however, that there are people in this world who aren't going to like me, and I can't be defined by whether they do or whether they don't. Exactly. I, I, I kind of look at it like this. If I were running for office, by the way, I have no intention of that, but if I did, for you. tell <laughs> everybody everything you've done. That way the media can't come after you for anything. Exactly. And, and, it's a, and it's an honesty factor. I had to become honest with myself. People ask me often, well, you know, would you ever do this again? No. Mm-hmm. I have no desire to be in prison. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> but 
going to do that again. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because that gave me time with everything stripped away to find out what did it mean to be Chuck Gallagher? Yeah. What did it mean to be someone? And what, what is integrity type? all about? What does it mean to have integrity? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and you know what? And, and what if you allowed a very um, devastating situation to, to motivate and inspire you to become who you ultimately are? And, and you know what? There's so much freedom in that when you go, I have nothing to hide anymore. And even like you said, I go into, if, you know, I was going into a job interview three minutes in, just naming it and claiming it basically. And it's like when you have nothing to hide, there is so much freedom there. And That's probably correct. once you allowed, you know, to come out and go, this is what I've done, there is, you know, as hard as that was, there is freedom there. And you, you have taken away your own emotional chains that you've created and allow you to be free to be who you truly are. That's absolutely correct. I, I've released the change, chains that, uh, that bound me. Well, we have learned so much from you today, Chuck, and I just kind of want to go back with um, the three things you left us with what causes someone to make some of those choices is that there's a need there, and usually it financially, people want to do these kinds, you know, things for, I, I think it comes down to money, sex, and fame is what really breaks us when we look at those choices. And the second um, idea that you left with us is the opportunity, if it's available to us. And the third was the rationalization. And um, we look at people and we go, how did they even rationalize that? But I think it's just daily. It's such a Simple. And it's so subtle so many times that we don't even realize what we're doing to ourselves and to others. And, uh, you know, it's just you're so inspiring and so encouraging, and we know that you speak all over and to bring that message of hope to other people so they're not sitting, you know, somewhere feeling isolated and feeling like a failure, that that doesn't have to define who they are. And I know on our website, girlfriended.com, people can find you and connect with you more, um, and hear more of your story, and even have you come and talk to their group would be great. And your, and your book that you were referring to is called? It's called Second Chances, okay. Transforming Adversity into Opportunity. And, and, and quite frankly, that really is what I'm about. I am, I'm 52 years old. I, I do travel a bit. I speak quite a bit. But I want to help people find out how to uh, transform that adversity into opportunity. And that's a great way to end this segment. And we so appreciate you, Chuck. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Patty. Lisa, appreciate it. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more girlfriended radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Toginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. 
On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion-savvy, and earth-friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it in no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Caldwell and Corey Caldwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we are talking about the chains that bind you today, and we are excited to speak to a former attorney. We will call her Jen today because she wishes to be kept anonymous. Jen, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me. Well, Jen, your direct consequences from the choices you made had the potential of federal prison, $125,000 restitution, five years probation, house arrest, um, also being disbarred as an attorney for five years. And, um, you know, just hearing all that, you go, wow, what? Happened. What happened from the choices that you were making to lead up to that? And, and as a matter of fact, um, you ended up not having to go to federal prison. Your brother did go yes. into prison. But just what, what exactly took place um, that led up to these consequences? Well, um, I pled guilty to one count of federal health care fraud in December 2004. And leading up to that, um, Patty and Lisa, was that I co-founded a community mental health center with my brother, my sister-in-law, and my husband. And um, in order to get more money from the Medicare program, which was our big payer, um, we created a shell billing company and pretended that those the, the massive bills that they were charging every month for billing services for our company were legitimate when, in fact, I was actually doing all of the billing. Okay, and, and I just have to stop you right there because this is so intriguing. Um, our last guest, I don't know if you had an opportunity to hear him, he said there's three things that take place when you're making choices, and the first one is that there's a need. So 
you you basically met all three of these where the rational <laughs> the criteria you went right down the list. And, uh, you had the need, which you were obviously going for more money. Right. And then the second one was the opportunity, which you had the opportunity, obviously, because you yes. were um, had your own organization and you were doing the billing. And then you rationalized. Um, yes. Did you guys all sit down and say, hey, there's another way to make some money here. Let's create this? Or oh. was it one person's idea? What happened was my brother... Mm, thought that another community mental health center in Florida was doing things this way. And so he presented it to us, and uh, we just decided, hey, that's a good way to get more money out of the program. So we decided to, to run with it and go with it. You're, you're basically creating where you, um, you're billing for money that's not rendered. Right, services not rendered. Okay, services that, that just, yeah. Not rendered, and and so you just think, uh, let's put a five hundred dollar bill here, and we'll we'll put it enough to where it's not extreme that the feds would uh, have a green light to take a look at it. Right. Um, we and I were hoping that it would just squeak through, and it did for a while. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, you guys actually sold your business. And it was years later, so you probably thought, okay, we've washed our hands of this. We got yes, away that's with exactly it. exactly what we thought. Mm-hmm. And then, lo and behold, they come knocking at your door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Okay, so the emotions there. It's like they come knocking at your door and the emotions. What is going on inside your head and your heart at, at that moment when you realize, I just got caught? Well, there's a lot of shame involved and guilt. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not the kind of person who leads a criminal-type lifestyle. Right. You know, so, and there's fear, too, because you don't know, at, that, at the very beginning of it, you have no idea what's going to happen to you legally. Yeah. Okay, there's fear and shame, but was there fear and shame when you were choosing, you know, making those choices to get money that really wasn't supposed to be given to you no unfortunately I didn't experience those emotions and I just literally really didn't think about it I if I did think about it I thought well this is a gray area I don't really know if it's illegal or not but I'm not going to find out either which is really weird because at the time I was an attorney yeah and so that goes into the rationalization right truly rationalize that it's okay it's government money they have too much of it right they're not anymore (laughs) <laughs> but maybe they did then. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Different times right now. <laughs> so, you, you, Jen, never at any point did you go, there might be a consequence here? Not while I was actively involved in it, no. I, I just never really, you know, I just didn't think about it, and maybe your previous guest really didn't think about it either, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I was just so busy trying to run the business at the time, and my husband and I had two small girls who were toddlers at the time, so I was really busy thinking and trying to do everything else, and I was not thinking about a possible consequence to what we were doing. And did you ever get greedy where you thought, okay, we really need to, you know, have it, have a nice car, so I, know, I normally only bill at this amount. I'm going to kind of pad it a little bit more. Did you ever start getting greedier with? I would say that the entire... Shell company billing showed greed because we billed many thousands of, we claimed many thousands of dollars of services for this shell company. So it started out as a greed thing. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think so many times it's like when you're, you know, we, we think of criminals as them, and it's like we don't see ourselves. When we, when we make our own mistakes, it's really, we don't label ourselves as those, you know, with a, a label like that. As That's right. Self. And so if I'm just doing this and it's just that, and it goes back to that rationalization. And so we don't see beyond that. Right. And we don't see the bigger picture. It just this is just an isolated instance, and and it goes from one isolated instance to the next isolated instance without seeing beyond that. Right. And mm-hmm. I think too, um, for for the listeners that are out there, there there are women right now that are rationalizing, um, even considering going into an, an affair, where it just you're not thinking of the consequence. You're not looking at your child or just you know those that you love around you mm-hmm. and thinking this could potentially devastate them and that trust will be broken, but all we can see is, but it's fun right now. It makes me feel good today. I have... What's that instant gratification? Right. Yeah. I get, I get right. money right now and, and it's like, and then it's like almost like it's hard to let go of that because it, it works. <laughs> and so then it's like, okay, I can keep going. So and it's not hard to stop it. I would think once you got involved with that, it's like with anything that you do in life. Once you start something and it, and it, it works or it feels good, you, you rationalize it and you just keep going. Right. right. What would be a tip, Jen, that you could give those out there that are making choices? Maybe they're in the same situation that you were in. Yeah, where they're trying to say, oh, this is a gray area and I won't get caught, so I'll just keep doing it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest tip I would I would give someone in that situation is get out of it. Stop doing it. If it's a gray area and it's possibly illegal or possibly immoral, like contemplating an affair, just stop it. Don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And what helped you? Once those feds either called you or came to the door, what helped you get through this scenario? Well, the, um, the number one thing was my faith in God. Mm-hmm. Um, I have problems with depression. I have ever since I was 15. And let me tell you, if you're indicted by the feds and you're facing a possible criminal sentence, you do feel depressed. A normal person does. Oh, absolutely. Because of the situation. But that will do it. <laughs> you always put a song in my heart. You didn't and I struggle not... with it before. You will now. <laughs> yeah. And he always put a song in my heart. He always encouraged me. And I always believed, and I didn't experience any depression at all in what I went through. And what I went through lasted for over a year and a half, mm-hmm. the, the criminal justice process did. And did you have people in your life that were just kind of surrounding you? Yes, I sure did. Um, number one was the Bible study I was involved in at, those t- at the time. I told the ladies there um, exactly what was going on, right as, you know, as it was happening, and they really supported and loved me and did not judge me. And same thing with my church. I'm still going to the same church, and I have never felt rejected or condemned by them. And you know what, Jen? That speaks volumes when it's, it's similar to what Chuck was saying. When you are that transparent and you just put it on the table and go, look, I messed up. I made a horrible choice. Right. I, I know I did it. I'm going to own up to it. And now I'm just having to figure out what the consequences Mm-hmm. going to be, will you, will you be there? And when people don't deny it and lie their way through it, that's why everybody stays with you mm-hmm. because you're so transparent and when you're authentic and you just let people know, I think people are very willing to offer grace 
And yeah. I, I think sometimes we, we can be really hard on ourselves. And when you, when you do mess up and, and you have, like, you're looking at a consequence like that, that, it, that is pretty extreme, it, 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 you can allow yourself to go in a hole and, and right. not see the hope and not see the life beyond that. And that's why it's so important to have people in your life to go, you know what? This is not going to define you. You're okay. We believe in you. Right. You're still a great person. Mm-hmm. You still have worth. You still can make, you know, you have so much to offer. We just need that encouragement to go, that's not going to, that's not all that we are. We made a bad choice, a bad decision, but that doesn't have to define who we are. And we all want to know that there's hope and there's healing on the other side of a bad choice or a bad decision and the consequences. Right, and I'm here to say that there is. There and I think really that's is. important for people to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you know what? So many times um, we, we just, we, you, you talk to so many people, and they just get stuck at that place, and then they become the victim. Right, right. It's you know, really it's, easy to feel too sorry for yourself. Exactly. And how would you, what would, what would you say to somebody to address that issue? Well, I would say to them, that uh, it's painful, and first of all, you have to acknowledge your pain, your shame, and your guilt. You really do. You have to face that, at least for a little while. But then you need to move beyond that and start reaching out to others and say, hey, this is my situation. Can you help me with the job lead or whatever it is that maybe you need? You need. Maybe you need to move. Maybe you need to you know, get a new car, buy a used car or something. You need to reach out to people once you get beyond the shame and the grief. And, Jen, I, I love that, it, to, to reach out to others. And um, we only have about 15 seconds here. We just want to thank you again for just being um, real with us and allowing us in on your story. Thank you for just sharing your tips. And uh, we just want to say we are excited to see, see everybody back. Or actually, we won't see you, but we'll, hopefully you'll hear us next week. We have an exciting guest from the shack. The author, William Paul Young, will be joining us next week, and uh, we're excited to talk to him and his daughters and hear their perspective. And stay tuned next for Heart of the Matter, and uh, have a great week. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. 